0: L D E J A N E I R O, soldajanero.com, and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off.
1: Well, hello everyone, and you join us here today to talk about Grand Seiko. Tom, you like Grand Seiko? Yeah. Love them. Well, Tom, take that bias and throw it in the bin right now because we are going to play some serious devil's advocate. (laughs) A lot more people are becoming aware of Grand Seiko as it becomes more popular. And inevitably, you see a whole bunch of questions being asked. People are wary. People are not sure about the whole thing. Mm. So what I thought we would do is answer some of those pressing questions but rather than answer them ourselves we would get someone from grand seiko to do the answering for us rob brooke who are you and what are you doing here
2: hello guys uh, i'm rob brooke i'm the brand manager here in the uk for grand seiko and hearing the devil's advocate intro there i'm not quite sure what i've signed myself up for but <laughs> let's see how this
3: goes <laughs>
1: Well, Rob, as you are in the room hearing us talking about that right now, you know there are going to be some questions fired at you and they are going to be fired hard and fast. Um, We really want to post some of the questions that people ask in the comments about Grand Seiko and uh, get your take on them. So before you have the opportunity to (laughs) to run away, we're going to fire the first question at you right now. Um, Rob, watches are made in Switzerland. Grand Seiko is not made in Switzerland, it's made in Japan. Is that good?
2: Yes, is the short answer. What I would start off by saying from a brand perspective is that Grand Seiko have the utmost respect for the luxury Swiss watch industry and what they've done for luxury watches. Uh, What I would say about Grand Seiko specifically is the fact that it is Japanese is what sets us apart and that's what's really celebrated in our watches. Mm. I get asked a lot about the Japanese culture and heritage of the watches, and i've i've been over there i've seen the factories and the culture and even the hospitality of the people there in the factories it is just astonishing i feel like i should be bowing to them and it's it's almost the other way around but <laughs> i i often feel like being a Yorkshireman, an imposter speaking on behalf of the culture and the craftsmanship that the Japanese and the levels of detail they go to. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase uh, a beautiful speech that Akio Naoto said at Watchers and Wonders this, this year. And he talked about the concept of do, which in English means the way. And it's basically the determination to achieve perfection in every aspect of any endeavour. And it goes across different arts, Arts so there's calligraphy, which is shodo, there's martial arts, you know, budo, judo, and even tea ceremony, the sado. And he talks about how every country, you know, strive for perfection in their fine arts, but there's something uniquely Japanese, how they strive for perfection in something as simple as making tea. And that that's what really inspires Grand Seiko, and as we kind of dive into a bit more I hope we will see the kind of levels of detail that Grand Seeker going to that you would never imagine for these individual watches
1: nice that was a better answer than I was
3: expecting I'm a little bit <laughs> floored by that I'm not
2: sure how to take that <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I love that philosophy. And they've got their many studios around Japan as well, haven't they? The, the micro artist studio and the, the Shinsu studio. They seem like very inspiring places. <laughs> um, the countryside surrounding them, as I'm led to believe, is is very beautiful. Have, have, it, have you have you been to these places? Have you, have you witnessed the awe of the uh, the mountains and the snow around these studios?
2: Yeah, it, interestingly, yeah. I, I, I mean, they, they opened a new factory in Shizukuishi, a studio that it was created by architect kengo kuma that really jo- joins them the the artisans and the watchmakers to nature and they have right. there's, a, there's a philosophy behind grand Circa, which is a nature of time and it, it, it can sound a bit of a gimmicky thing to, to us here in the uk and it's but it, it's it really means something to them and that play of light and shadow and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's an astonishing thing to, to see and to feel, and you can really feel it come across in these watches. So it's, it, and, and the whole nature of time thing from across capturing moments in time, but also capturing And showing and displaying that that nature of time and the passage of time, it's it's really quite a romantic thing. And as I feel like an imposter talking about it in that sense, but when you go over there, you really get a sense for it. And they took me to North Japan, where I stayed in a very traditional Japanese hotel, where you you kind of put take your shoes off at the door and put slippers on and there's a bed on the floor with a, a pillow full of plastic beads. It, it wasn't the best night's sleep, especially the jet lag, but <laughs> it's just right. inc- incredible to see and you, you really get to get a feel of all these kind of philosophies and see that it's not just some marketing gimmick. It, it's it's something that really rings true to the Takumi and the artisans over there and they really pursue these, these avenues. Awesome. It is
1: a, a culture defined by fastidiousness isn't it? And for them to find an artistry, a painstaking artistry, even in the repair of broken pottery, it's become an obsession from a cultural perspective. And
3: uh, I suppose watchmaking is just ripe for that culture. Right, Rob, you're going to struggle with this one, mate. Quartz movements. Not everyone's favourite thing in a watch, but Grand Seiko... They use them all the time. Why would they do this?
2: <laughs> well, I almost feel I can fire this one over at Andrew. I know he's he's a fan and owns a quartz model himself. But I'll, I'll I'll do my best. We'll we'll kick off. So with Grand Seiko with quartz, they're, they're developed to be the best in every aspect, tying into that that dough concept. And what I will say as well, in terms of what I was just saying about capturing or the passage of time, we don't only do quartz models, we do quartz, we do mechanical and we do the painted and exclusive spring drive calibre. So we have three different ways of telling the passage of time and where, Generally, most brands will focus on one in particular. And Grand Seiko really push the boundaries in each of these areas and could arguably say they, they do fantastic movements in all three areas, which is is incredible. Um, from the Quartz perspective, let's kind of dive into particular pieces about why it's so special and that kind of artisan side so even the quartz crystals that go into these quartz watches are, are grown and nurtured in house and they go through a three-month aging process and with that they send vultures through to find the most reliable quartz crystals there are which then go to these quartz grand seiko models these are uniquely matched with the ic so it knows how that quartz uh, crystal will react and the watch is then thermally compensated which means that the watch temperature checks itself 540 times a day and the ic will adjust accordingly to that quartz crystal knowing how it will respond to kind of think that that is the level of detail going into the quartz model in a grand seiko is just unbelievable and and people would never think that that is what's going on inside this watch and that's the kind of levels that grand seiko go to and in terms of quartz models, they massively outsell mechanical watches worldwide, and it has been a, it was a huge breakthrough in watchmaking, which, from enough, Seiko Corporation were the first to, to market a quartz wristwatch back in 1969, on Christmas sure. Day of all days. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Switzerland. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess it's, it was either called the Quartz Crisis or the Quartz
3: Revolution, depending... It's depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think what's very telling is that when it comes to mastering all forms of time you could go oh we'll just do mechanical but really it's about doing everything not leaving anything on the table at all and Mr Francois Paul Jean he has he has taken the same approach he also has uh, done his own take on quartz and that's not even mentioning spring Oh, no, I'm playing devil's advocate aren't I oh spring (laughs) drive also has quartz that's must also be a problem. Surely,
2: with with Spring Drive, as I said, we have three different models, and and just to touch back on the quartz crisis or revolution, as we as we kind of tongue in cheek said. That, that almost, that that timing in history then really pushed the mechanical watch industry to really step forward. And that's where the Swiss really did step up their air game and really helped develop this luxury watch market. So we had these beautiful mechanical watches that everyone loved, which had this romance with it being powered by springs and gears and the power of your wrist. And then we had these fantastic, robust, highly accurate quartz models that had been released. And spring drive basically was an idea by someone called Akahane, who was an engineer at Seiko, who wanted to create the best of both worlds. So he wanted something that had the romance of the mechanical watch, you know, driven by springs and gears and everlasting watch that sits on your wrist, not powered by a battery, something that's much more robust and highly accurate to one second a day, like a quartz model. And that was a team of people who worked for over 20 years to develop this particular movement. And that that long-term vision that, that this company have to kind of pursue an idea or perfection and invent things is something that, that is really a foundation of the brand. And Grand Seiko Spring Drive is exactly that for me. It's, it's the best of both worlds. And a lot of people who get into Grand Seiko for the first time often choose a Spring Drive. And you can see that, beautiful glide in second hand which uh it's it's very well famed for and comes across beautifully in your videos may i say
1: (laughs) well (laughs) factory is going to get you nowhere rob because ultimately if you buy a grand seiko you take away the grand bit grand is great for pianos for example but it
2: still says seiko what are you going to do about that well i i would say that seiko as a brand itself is very very highly regarded with a huge heritage heritage and history uh, i mean it was first established in 1881 so it's one of the very oldest watch brands out there i guess that's still um, to the level and also Grand Seiko is owned, or the chairman of the company is Shinji Hattori. It was Kintaro Hattori who founded Seiko in 1881. So it's still within the family. And having a family member as a, as a linchpin still for this for this corporation, which has both brand Seiko and Grand Seiko sitting within it. it. I've met him a couple of times, and he's always really focused on the importance of the heritage and history of the brand. And that we should never forget that Grand Seiko was born from Seiko's pursuit to make the kind of most. Ideal, perfect watch, and and it, that's that's why it remains there, and I, it always will because it's it's always been an important element of the brand, and Seiko itself is, as I said, very well respected and done a huge amount of world firsts, including the quotes that we just talked about, timings for Olympic and IWF, uh, even competitions against the Swiss, I guess, in mechanical, with the Norstedt Observage competitions and the Geneva competitions in 1967-1968, which were the last times the competitions were on that they could compete in, that they did fantastically well. And in the last competition, they actually set an all-time mechanical record. So the history and heritage is there, and the mm. development we've done throughout this time is, is fantastic. So the, there is, they are separate brands, and they have separate Uh, kind of philosophies behind them but we should never forget where we came from
1: I think it's also worth noting and you're obviously too polite to say that it is several decades older than Rolex Um, and and not only that but where where you mentioned that um, Grand Seiko uh, had the the best mechanical movement in the observatory trials in the late 60s (laughs) when that happened the Swiss did beat Grand Seiko but with the quartz So, hmm, live by the sword, die by the sword, I would say. And then they they cancelled the observatory trials uh, entirely because they didn't want to play anymore. (laughs) Rage quit. (laughs) They did, yeah.
2: On the topic as well, I guess what I would say is Grand Seiko as a brand only went global in 2010. And I I believe a huge part of that is, is because the amount of hand craftsmanship that goes into every single watch and only separated completely as a brand from seiko in 2017 so it's understandable people have these questions and try to understand what the differences are between the brands and i guess it's uh the job of people like myself for to, to do a better job of communicating it going forward
3: <laughs> <laughs> so seikos are very affordable air for everyone grand seikos not so much why, why would you do this to me rob <laughs> you personally rob yeah <laughs> i'm sorry tom <laughs>
2: Well, the, the way I see it is that both brands, while representing different price points, both are fantastic value for money. And mm. I often find that collectors, whether it be from other watch brands, they often have a Seiko within the collection, even if they have more expensive luxury watch brands within their collection whether it be a Turtle or an Alpinist or even a Seiko 5 Sports it's a very well regarded watch from all those price points and, and what I really love about that is that whenever I speak to anyone I, I you know go to a lot of watch events and everyone has a story about Seiko whether it be about their dad their granddad their uncle and talk about how reliable it was and affordable and how it lasted the age of time and, and you can also see how people can progress through the brands you know start off with a Seiko 5 Sports move up to prospects eventually you know get a grand Seiko and move, you know, maybe even reach out for a credit creditor at some point. But I, I really love that we cater to, to all different people across the corporation and that people, from, from my perspective, get fantastic value for money across all those price points, which is very important for me if I'm representing a brand that I can speak wholeheartedly that that is the case. Sure, sure.
1: Well, Rob, you've answered four questions so far, and rather admirably, I might say, Um, I'd be interested dear viewer and listener what do you think of Rob's answers what do you think of Grand Seiko I'm going to fire one more question at you to wrap this up and I don't don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to take this one very well I like a Grand Seiko on a leather strap usually because I think they look very good on leather straps I also think that because often the bracelets aren't the best they're not bad bracelets but they're not the best what are you going to do about that
2: Right. Well, I'll take a pause. I feel like I've fired off my answers very quickly so far. I've got so much to say on all these different topics. When it comes to the bracelets, uh, to be honest, I can only really express my own opinion. I can't speak on behalf of the product development team in Japan. What I would say from my experience with Grand Seiko is that Grand Seiko do listen um to, to their audiences. And I have seen that is a comment that comes up regularly on even your videos. They have already redesigned bracelets for the Evolution 9 collection, for example. And I find even pieces like the divers with the the clasp, the the, the micro adjustment or the extension, should I say, is is very functional. There's a wider variety of choices starting to filter out and they're becoming more flexible in terms of strap choices. And even models like the most recent Omewatara that was released, there's now a version on a strap and a model on a bracelet for different choices. Um, and on, on the topic of, of them listening, previously they sent a, a colleague over from Japan and asked me to accompany them to meet with media partners, with authorized dealers and clients. And I, I honestly thought we would be a complete pain to clients, but they were op- you know, arms wide open, invited us to their offices and were so thrilled that Grand Seiko cared about what they thought. And they genuinely took notes all the feedback and went back to Japan and work and develop on these things. So I don't think it's a bad thing at all that people raise any issues or concerns um, about things that they don't like or do like about Grand Seiko because Grand Seiko do respond. And I, I find that integrity of being able to do that and that um, kind of humbleness of the Japanese kind of culture is is great. And it's something that I'm sure they will continue to do so. If it's something that people do find is going ongoing issue, Uh, I'm sure it will continue to be addressed further. How was that for political answer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. Well, Rob, uh, thank you so much for being an excellent sport and uh, taking those questions on the chin. Uh, you've got an opportunity to throw in an extra comment from yourself if you want to, just broadly about Grand Seiko, because I know that you work there because you love the brand and because um, because you want to. It's it's not a job. What is it that really makes that such a pleasure for you?
2: For me, it's it's like I said, being able to represent a company that I truly believe in and I, when I was first approached many years ago, probably six, seven years ago now, I I didn't know much about the brand at all. And what I would say to people is is do your own research and look at what people say on the forums, watch videos like yourselves, independent videos about the brand, um, because i the more i dove down the rabbit hole the more i fell in love with the brand so the more you can learn the, the more you'll find out and you will see it's a truly fantastic brand um so that, that that's what i would advise even when i was working in retail i'd always say to a client don't take my word take a business card and come back and let's talk
1: <laughs> excellent well there you go It's an awesome philosophy i think and uh if you're a listener if uh, if we can persuade Rob to come back, what questions might you have to see if you can break him? Because we failed. Put them down in the comments below. And uh, thank you again, Rob. It's been a real pleasure. Hopefully we'll see you again in the future. And to our dear viewers and listeners, we will see you next time. Goodbye.
3: All right. Bye-bye.
0: d-e-j-a-n-e-i-r-o and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
3: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage
0: and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.